0: Yo, 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 yo. The Nets just hit a game winner to beat the Nuggets. Do you know what that means?
1: Wait, the Nuggets beat the
2: Warriors? I think that means the Nets just beat the Warriors. NBA champions, Brooklyn, Brooklyn? Nets. 94.50, an NBA podcast. Let's get it. They're playing basketball. Oh, all around we
0: the world. Oh. <laughs> to the beach, y'all.
2: Welcome, everybody, to episode 11 of the 94.50 NBA podcast. Uh, As we start to move into the heart of the season, some of the discussions around the league are becoming a little redundant. I mean, how many times do we have to listen to are the Warriors good, are the Raptors good, and things like that. As we watch these first games, and we're starting to see more and more of what's happening, we're starting to look at some of the smaller storylines that might be something or might be nothing. And so, guys... The first one that I want to bring up and it goes with what we were just discussing. The Warriors have lost two games, which, you know, isn't really that bad.
0: A whole a two whole two games.
2: games. But interestingly, let's look at who they've lost to. The Nuggets who are 9 and 2 and the Bucks that are 9 and 2. I've seen some things thrown out this week that I thought some some were kind of dumb, some might have some validity. But when people keep bringing up that the Bucks win over the Warriors might mean something, as that could be the NBA Finals, it just kind of got me thinking, are these losses by the Warriors any indication of something that you know we actually don't know already? The short answer is no. Never. We know,
1: we know about the Warriors. We know what they can do. Instead, the games say more about the Nuggets and last night's games. So we're recording on Friday night this week. Last night's game says more about the Bucks. Without Draymond Green on the court, Steph Curry gets into foul trouble. What are the Bucs able to do with that opportunity? They punch the Warriors in the teeth. And what a violent image. Thank yeah, you. You're welcome. And that's what you should be looking for if you are a Bucks fan. Can your team capitalize on opportunities that they are being gifted by the best teams in the league?
0: The thing about the Bucks, to me is they have, in my opinion, probably one of the most uniquely built lineups in the NBA when it comes to size, when it comes to length, when it comes to athleticism. So if you're looking at a one-for-one matchup when looking at the Warriors, there's not quite another team in the NBA who can present a lineup against the Warriors quite like the Bucs. So when you say, all right, we're going to play this out in seven games, I think there's a very high likelihood that because of the way the two teams match up, the Bucks have a very good shot of getting four games out of that. I'm not saying it's it's the highest, most likely thing to happen. I'm, but if there was a team to do it, it is this Milwaukee Bucks team.
2: I will say this too: Draymond not playing, obviously that's huge. We saw that in the Cavs series a couple years back. Uh, but I will say the Steph injury does matter but when Steph got hurt that was mid third quarter the Bucks were up by 13 at half and had continued to increase that lead to 18 before Curry even got hurt so to their credit even when Curry was on the court like they really were handling the Warriors as well as anyone can yeah and again the Warriors were out of rhythm
1: but that's part of what the Bucks were doing going back to Ryan's point about how uniquely built the Bucks are they are a big lineup which gives the Warriors problems, especially for Steph. And their athletics. So then when you watch when you watch the Warriors play a lackluster team. Like let's go back to the crazy night that Clay had against the Bulls. You see an incredible fluidity in their offense when they're whipping passes around. They know where the next pass needs to be. They can throw it before the guys even they're specifically thinking about hitting passes to the corner and people who are cutting back door for Layups or dunks, but when you play a team like the Bucks, who are so long and so athletic, those precision passes are significantly harder and sometimes impossible to m- make. So the Bucks are totally interrupting or they totally interrupted what the Warriors are able to do on the offensive end.
0: Taking that a step further, one of the things that makes so the Warriors so special is their off-ball movement. Yep. And so many times where they beat teams is some of those backdoor cuts and the way they slash through the lane, whether it's guys like Sean Livingston making those moves, KD, Clay does an excellent job. But what's different about the Bucks is for a normal team who might get beat on one of those cuts where it might take three or four steps to catch up to make up for that— <laughs> Giannis can cover that same ground in two steps, and they have three other guys on that roster with the same kind of length who can make up that ground in two steps. But what I hate about this Warriors team is we're all sleeping on the fact that come next summer, there is a very real chance that they have a DeMarcus Cousins on this team that adds another great athletic big body that could match up against the Bucks. You're saying
2: going into the, the spring. Well, yes, yeah,
0: going into the spring, yeah. moving into the playoffs in the summer. Yeah. If, by some miracle, Boogie is back to Boogie we saw at his peak and he's able to recover from this injury, that all of a sudden makes this look a little bit different because he's going to be able to bully some of those guys. And he is, though he's a little thicker than guys like Giannis or Thon Maker and some of those guys, he's a good athlete. And one thing, too,
2: like defensively, they're a great fit, I think, in terms of stopping with the Warriors, too. But offensively, I think what's so impressive is when you talk about how to beat the warriors on the offensive side of things everyone kind of jumps to a simple conclusion of oh just play some bully ball throw some bigs down low you know what i mean take advantage of their lack of size but what's so interesting with the bucks is that they don't quite have the size but they have the length and it accomplishes the same thing and you can see that with who had really efficient outings last night malcolm brogdon had a very quiet 20 points Go alongside that with Bledsoe's 26 and Pat Connaughton's 15. Those are all guys who are not big, lumbering, slow, bully ball guys like people think need to play against the Warriors. Those are quick, athletic, long players who are able to take advantage of the occasional size mismatch that you can get against the Warriors, which, again, is just something that's not really talked about because everyone was like, oh, how did the Cavs do it? How did the Cavs do it? And they never thought, you know, there's other ways to combat this as well. Yeah, and the Bucks shot
1: 25% from three that night. Nine of 35. So they didn't shoot particularly well, significantly below their season average, and still, and this is a word I don't use lightly, just handled the Warriors.
2: Yeah, I don't know if, if we've thrown out the score or not. I can't remember if it got brought up. They ended up winning 134 to 111. Like, this game was about as well played as you can against the Warriors. Usually when it's getting that late, got to get up and go to work
1: early the next day. I can turn off a Warriors game because the Warriors are destroying somebody. But last night it was, I could turn it off because the Warriors were getting destroyed.
2: And it's so rare. It's such a rare sight to see. So we we can talk a lot about the Bucks and what we think we can learn from that loss on the Warriors and. But Denver's a very different story, not one that's getting near as much love and not one that people are viewing as real competition to the Warriors. But at 9-2, and two, they're having as good a start as anyone could have thought. I don't think anyone would have imagined that the Nuggets would be firmly in the 2 or 3 spot in the West. Do we think this says something about the Nuggets in terms of what they can accomplish if they do get to the Western Conference playoffs? Because it really is impressive. I mean, you got to give the Nuggets a lot of props of what they're doing with the team they've got. Uh, Again, not one with a bunch of big, flashy names, but a group that really just seems to know their role. Do you think the Nuggets are a team that could actually compete
0: with the Warriors in the playoffs? I don't think they're going to win a series against the, uh, the Warriors. Do I think they might win maybe one or two games against the Warriors? I think that's definitely possible. But I think what's been the biggest credit, at least in my opinion, to this Denver team is seeing the leap forward Jamal Murray's been able to take in his game. Uh, he was one, if, if any of you all were able to keep up with him in college, didn't quite have the same experience as Devin Booker, where Devin Booker was in that pl- platoon system. He really got to play a lot uh, uh, of good minutes, Jamal Murray, but he never really seemed to rise to that next level. He would have a couple flashes of really great moments, but he never really just lit up you know, consistently. S- Q, you know, his entrance into the NBA was kind of that slower start to getting accustomed to the pace of play, getting uh, accustomed to the, the, the game around him. But this season, I really think we've seen him take that next jump uh, of play. Yeah. But what's what's so me.
2: what's so interesting, though, about their win over the Warriors is Murray shot 0 for 9 and finished with three points. So that was his worst game of the entire season. And what's so funny is I'm, I look through the box score of, OK, what did the Nuggets do to beat the Warriors And this is what's crazy Let's look at their big names Paul Millsap Five points on one of seven Jokic had 23 and 11 A pretty standard game for him Going seven of 14 Gary Harris dropped 28 And then the next closest Is a Plumly brother I refuse to let them know Which one's which I believe they're all The same player uh, But with 11 Like they didn't play A great game But defensively They stifled the Warriors And held them under 100 Which is absurd And that's what is intriguing, and I think I kind of agree with your point of what could they do in a series. I think if they're clicking, I could see them taking the Warriors to six, which I know is still a loss, but for a Nuggets team that didn't make the playoffs last year, that, I believe, is still a
0: massive compliment. And if I could finish the point I was making, too, real quick, you know, Murray's... Again, what I was going to say is he didn't really show up in that game per se, but he's been great all year. But what we're going to see is can he do kind of what Donovan Mitchell did in the playoffs last year where he kind of takes over? I don't think he's there yet, which is why I don't think they can get out of the series with the Warriors. That's going to be the next big key because Jokic is going to have it every night. He's he's one of you know a, a, the most well-rounded big men in the league for his position, but he needs somebody else really to bear that load. Uh, and right now I think Jamal Murray is going to be their best bet. And it's exciting for the Denver fans, too, because
1: Will Barton's still yet to come back from his injury. And then, interestingly enough this year, offense has not been their calling card. Their defense has been incredible through this first part of the season. If you go on NBA.com, look at their defensive ratings, the Nuggets are ranked second. Their de- their offense is all the way down at 10. So they've had six games where they've held teams under 100 points and with the talent that they've accumulated on their roster if they're holding teams to the let's say 104 105 maybe even up to 110 if they have a defensive slump they're putting themselves in a great position to win games at the very least be competitive even with the best teams
0: and best teams in the league and right now in the west they're only one of two teams who haven't lost at home yet either Mm -hmm. so if that continues to be a trend Ethan's Ethan's As grimacing of tonight, at me. They As took the of tonight, all the night. They took the buzzer beater loss at home. Right. So yeah, just you've got right. Yeah, you've got that. So they, they lost that tonight, but that's going to be something that's going to be huge for them is getting home wins. If you know once if and when they make the playoffs. And what what's so impressive
2: with them too is they just have so many players, who, can bring it and drop twenty a night. Uh, their depth is really impressive for being a, a team of players that. You know their names, maybe not. That no pop, one cares but, yeah, about. Yeah, like honestly, that's true. And what really hurts them too, and and I don't think you can read too much into this. Uh, but their loss this week to Memphis at Memphis, they ended up losing by two. It was the exact same night that Jokic got hit with his fine. Um, if you weren't aware, he was referring to uh, the length of Wendell Carter Jr. against their uh, the game with the Bulls made a slightly inappropriate comment, got hit with a $25,000 fine, and he came out in that game against Memphis like someone shot his dog. Like, he looked like a zombie. And here's what's so crazy. Jokic is not a guy that usually puts up 20 shots a night. He is in that 10 to 15 spot, but very efficient. Like you were saying, Ryan, always gets his. He had one shot on the night against Memphis, and it was a buzzer-beater attempt to tie the game. Like, that should have been a win. And in a Western Conference where you really need those wins, and Memphis, who is now, weirdly enough, in the playoff hunt, like, that was just a really weird thing that popped up in terms of just kind of weird stories, I guess, for me this week of Jokic just basically taking himself out of a ball game, playing, what was it? I think 25 minutes, something around there. No, oh, even, yeah, 28 minutes, one shot rough. You just can't have that happen when you're the guy.
0: But you know, at least he took himself out of the game because he had stuff going on off the court as opposed to Carl Anthony Towns who uh, has to be taken out of the game because he's not a little woo baby. Man. You know, so. Ryan
2: can't let that one go. Feels bad.
0: I'm that just saying at least he had a reason to be down in the dumps as opposed to Carl who's like, I'm not winning! Bring me out, coach! <laughs> can we get five gifted subs? <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> now look, I think, I
2: think what we can take from this is what we probably all thought to begin with. The Warriors are the Warriors. Two good losses to good teams. I don't care about the score against the Bucks. It is what it is. They'll be all right. They were missing a Draymond Green. The Bucks, that's the real deal right there. Real deal. And the Nuggets, cool storyline. Hope that they continue. I think they've got the piece to do it. I think Ryan was spot on with Jamal Murray. I think that kid is either going to carry them into the next level or not, just because of the way that their star plays, with Jokic being more of a facilitator, 10 shots a night. Murray, if he
0: is able to make that jump, could really do a lot for the Nuggets. I hate to get us off track, but I just got an update that I think might be worth mentioning. If anybody was able to watch the Celtics-Suns game last night, you would know that the Celtics came back from down over 20 points to win in overtime. Tonight, they were down 20 again to the Jazz, and have now cut it to 7 with 5.5 minutes left. If the Celtics are able to, to pull pull off two back-to-back 20-point deficit wins... That would make me upset. That would be insane and speaks to the pace of play that the Celtics are playing at, that they've got some fighters on that team, and that's something that's going to carry them into the playoffs as well. If they're able to be like, 20 points, eh, whatever, we'll get it back. Which is, who else is characteristic of being able to do that? The Golden State Warriors. Ah,
2: it's different. It's different. Mainly because the Celtics did it to the Suns, and as we've all said points against the suns are only half points so in reality they were only
0: down by a little bit the suns. <laughs> not that impressive has the uh, NFL or NBA Players Association or, or basketball taken union, that into account H- have they I have put made put my pitch. yet
2: I have put it in writing it has not been answered yet <laughs> okay but uh, we'll get there eventually uh, but uh, let's look at one other interesting one one that we talked about a lot this summer we even talked about it at length a couple weeks ago the thunder. A team that we were pretty high on in the summer, bringing in George, bringing in Noel and the squad. Yes, sir. What you got?
1: You two are high on them. I don't like the Thunders. You
2: still don't like them. That's fine. No. The Shutt brothers alone will carry them to victory. Gang, gang. Listen, they started 0 4. People were doubting real hard
0: honest i wasn't feeling so good about being so high on him listen but they're proving me right no
2: thunder are on a seven game win streak it went from oh and four to seven and four and have them nicely nestled in the top half of the western conference playoffs as of today are the thunder for real philip i know you're not high on them i know you don't believe them to really ever be competition to the warriors and that's okay very few are but seeing what the thunder are able to do now Do you think they're a better team than maybe you thought going into this? No.
1: Because I didn't think they were out of the playoff picture because of a slow start. Brody wasn't in the first few games. And then, all right, let's just do it. Let's name all seven teams. Suns, trash. Clippers, that was a good win. They beat the Clippers by 18. Hornets, okay. Wizards, trash. Pelicans, good job. Cavs, trash. Rockets? Trash right now. Right now, the Rockets are. I still still say it's a better win. Color me
2: like you know what I mean. Different talent-wise.
1: Color me not super impressed. Maybe a little surprised at seven straight, but also like it was gonna even out for them. They were gonna get on the right track. I just don't think they are a championship pedigree team. I think they are exactly what we saw last season, where you go in and you face a team that actually runs good offense and the Utah Jazz, and is a good defensive team, and can easily take down the lackluster offense that the Thunder always run, and then they go home. And I think that's par for the course. I think that's what we can't expect again this year. To their
2: credit, though, I mean, the winning at the Hornets, that's a good win. And in terms of a, a good little road trip there, if you're going, you know, back-to-back at Hornets, at Wizards, back-to-back nights, those are two good wins. I know the Wizards are awful but still second night of a back-to-back away winning by 20 plus i mean they seem to be clicking and i think paul george is able to be the best version of himself without carmelo anthony and i do think that could make a big difference i f- i figured out what they did so they played the
1: hornets on november 1st and they were just trying to get their mojo going for the month right I know exactly what they did during that game. They all at some point rubbed Cody Zeller's bald spot for good luck, and that's why they're on this tear.
0: Wow. Rip. The bullying. Rip Rip. Zeller. (laughs) Bullying in the
2: pod. What did Zeller do to you? That's
1: my question. I've never been impressed with Tyler or Cody, even when they were in They're just like the
2: Plumleys. They're all the same. No one knows who
1: they are. Okay, side just- story. Do you remember back when Anthony Davis was on Kentucky and they played that uh, yes. incredible game against UNC? Yes. Kentucky, He, Anthony Davis blocks John Henson for the win. Tyler Zeller, Cody's older brother, had a pass, got a slip pass, should have been wide open for a layup. Duffed the pass And that's why Henson Had to grab it And try to pull one up Over Anthony Davis I'm just not a Zeller fan And I think it's funny To dog him a little bit But like Shout out to him He was like Balling on all the kids In like Class
0: A Indiana basketball Back in the day Going back to Talking about the Thunder now <laughs> Stupid Zeller Really bothers So Russell Westbrook Is silently Potentially on pace To average a triple-double Again right now That's not impressive 24-8-9 and nine assists He's I averaging I don't care about that no, anymore But here's the most Interesting t- statistic On Russell Westbrook, to me at least right now, which is kind of mind blowing. Can either of you guess what his three point percentage is this season? 42. (laughs) No, it's so bad. (laughs) 10%. (laughs) Historically, his career, he shot about 31%. He has shot 10% from the three point line this season, which is outrageous. Is
2: he one of 10?
0: Uh, let's hilarious. see. I'd have to pull that up real quick. I don't have. Uh, I'll look it up. I'll look it up. You hold on. I've plan. got it right I'm here. I'm So
2: intrigued by this. How does he- his but free throw? He's also at sixty. He's, he's attempted for a free twenty.
0: Throw. He is two for twenty on this wow. season. Rip. Oh,
2: can we make a quick comment? We were all. And I I think if I remember, I know I sure was. We were all hating on Dennis Schroeder pretty hard. He's doing great.
1: If we can have the loyal fans go back and either reminisce or go back and find what I said about Dennis Schroeder, I'm pretty sure I said something about that's a pretty good backup for Russell Westbrook.
2: They played the same way, and I get that, but I, I talked to so many Hawks fans uh, just from my time in Atlanta who were thrilled to get rid of him because he really was. The ball went to him, and the offense stopped in Atlanta. He has done so well. Well,
1: guess what happens when the ball goes to the point guard in OKC?
2: That's very true. It stops, and the point guard gets to do what everyone wants to do. He's, all I'm saying, he's averaging 17, 5, and 5. That's pretty impressive. And he's shooting 43%, which for him is good. Like He's done a very good job, and my whole thought is... Think of whenever the Thunder failed in recent years, and it's when Russ left the court and there was no one else to run the similar type of offense. They have someone who can be, you know, like a B-level Russ when he needs those few minutes off, and that could be really big down the stretch. It's not, again,
1: no disrespect to Dennis or Russ. A-level Russ, prime Russell Westbrook, is not good enough to make any kind of noise in the playoffs. Russell Westbrook is not a good enough player to lead a team to the Western Conference Finals or the NBA Championship. But that's the thing. He doesn't enough. need to be. So, he literally
0: has Steven Adams did, and Paul George right beside him. That is a great trio him, of players. He he, last, love you,
1: Steven Adams. Did he have them last year and Just they got you smacked around by Utah? Well,
0: first year anywhere is an experiment and they had Trashmello yeah, Anthony. Let's like, be real. I've already told you. If Carmelo program. Anthony is on okay. the
2: roster, you're not going to win. I don't have science to back that up but I believe I Ask the Rockets I this believe, year that I be-
0: almost about to beat the Warriors in the playoffs and now can't win three games. Yeah. I, I don't know. That I think is
2: science I'm, I will say if there is a team right now that could really like high ceiling, very low floor. I mean, the thunder really could miss the playoffs or be a three seed and make noise. I'm curious to see what they're able to do. Um, I was listening because apparently I do this now, uh, to their game against the Rockets on the radio last night. And it was kind of, I know, the radio. Is, it's a thing. Does that have the moving pictures? No, just the just the ear words. Okay. Um, <laughs> but uh, it was really interesting listening to the Thunders broadcasters because they are pretty critical of their own team, which I kind of liked. Yeah, same. And it was, uh, yeah, I know. It was interesting listening to them kind of, Ride the wave of the seven-game win streak. They didn't get too excited about it. They kind of were on your same side, Philip, of like, let's see what happens. Yeah. But I will say, in terms of little pieces that have impressed them, Schroeder's impressed them, uh, you know, Adams playing consistent as always, Ferguson is starting to hit his shot. He had a, a story that came out. Ferguson went, like, goodness, like one of ten, something atrocious, and before he even got home, Westbrook called him up and said, hey, let's go to the gym and get this right. And so, like <laughs> One of 10 and two of 20. Hey, man, let's go to the gym look, and get this right. I'm just right. saying, like, <laughs> it's, that's, look, my whole point is, when have you ever been able to hear a story or view Russell Westbrook in a leadership role with the team? Like, True. if that is something True. that happens, that could be huge because they've always seemed to be – you know, head cut off, who knows what's happening, who knows what's going on. If he get cares about the other pieces, maybe things can change. If Steph Curry had Russell Westbrook's attitude, I would love him even more. My whole
1: issue with the Westbrook, my whole issue with the Thunder is the way they play. He's not a good enough shooter. Schroeder's not a good enough shooter. Their jump shot and Paul George's mid-range game just isn't good enough to take them to – any kind of excellence in the western conference much less the western conference playoffs
2: yeah well let's talk about the western conference playoffs looking at the picture of it now really weird uh if if you guys don't know i want to list the current top eight seeds in the west uh golden state one no surprise portland two at nine and three denver three at nine and three thunder at four seven and four uh Five and six are the Spurs and Grizzlies both at six and four. And then we have the Clippers and the Kings at six and five. I just have a question right now. Looking at the eight teams we have in the West, looking at the bottom four, we have the Spurs, Grizzlies, Clippers, and Kings. If you all had to put your money right now on one of those four teams making the playoffs, where would your money be?
0: I'm going Spurs. Spurs. And I think the Spurs make a move for a point guard at some point in the season, and that's what takes them and solidifies them as as that playoff spot.
1: I'm going to do my best Ryan impersonation and stick to something I said back in the summer and say the Clippers. Really? Yep. Tell me a little bit more about that
2: one. I like it.
1: I just think the odds are probably not in their favor, so I would win money if I was right.
2: I like that idea. Good <laughs> yeah. call. There you go. No, but, just... but
1: in all seriousness, again, like they're a team, and – Again, pretty sure we made this point over the summer. You look at their roster and you go, yo, I would go play basketball with pretty much all of those guys. Like, they have assembled a good team. A good team that has a lot of quality pieces. They're still missing a start, and I understand all the Clippers fans are like, wait till the summer. Right. You're looking <laughs> for to Tobias Harris to step up. If he can play well average between 20 and 23 points a game, they can just keep Chugging away and winning,
0: good tight ballgames. games. The problem with the Clippers is you literally could go play black, go play basketball with all of them because you can find them at the YMCA because they're all nobodies. Okay, hang on. I'm gonna read the roster right now because that that offended me a
1: little bit. Patrick Beverly, Avery, he's dope. Bradley. This is no. your argument, is Avery Bradley and Gallin- Gallinari. Yes. These are guys. Shea Gokers okay. Alexander is a trade piece. Good rookie. Gortat, Harrell has been uh, excellent. Polish hammer, he, thank you. <laughs> Harrell's You're not been awesome. Helping yourself. Tobias Harris. That's how many Clippers games have you watched this Do year? Do you know what you just listened? How many Clippers games have you watched this year? I've watched like four, but you know I don't have a life. Bob Mute when he's coming back. Come Lou on. Will coming off the bench. Those are no matter what Ryan's saying right now. Those are not bad pieces. Do you know what you just listed? Here's team. what you just listed? I listed a team that doesn't have Listen, a star player, I, okay, which is exactly here's what i am saying, saying if since If the I'm summer.
2: playing a game of two K and I see that I've got a player on the bench. Listen, if I've got a player on the bench that I really like, let's just – who's a player that I always want to put in? p Let's just say with Courtney Lee. Only like a 70 – I don't want to throw out a number just in case he listens. I'm sorry, Courtney. You know I love you so much. But I'm saying Courtney's on the bench, and I see Tobias Harris as like an 80 starting and I'm like, eh, it's just Tobias Harris. I'm taking him out because he's Tobias Harris. And I say that feel the same way with the majority of the Clippers, except for Gortat, because
0: that boy is a monster. If I see Gortat on there and I've got Daniel Orton on the bench oh, coming back oh, 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 from the China, China eight years ago, listen, I'm going, let's see what Orton can do.
2: The Clippers just don't exactly excite me. That's been the
1: point. I know Like, they don't have a star, but these are good players. But Tobias Harris is averaging twenty-one and nine.
0: I I, I don't think the they're facts, a good please. team. There's at least two Booker's players on, on they're every they're NBA team. Booker's averaging, averaging twenty-one and five. Doesn't make the that sounds means good. Nothing.
2: Devin Booker, you are good though. I don't ever want someone <laughs> to misconstrue that what I just said. I still believe in you. So if sweet, they're sweet not Devin. good,
1: so Sacramento, are they good? They, Memphis, listen, Are they good? I think, Utah are they good? Pelicans are they good? They're all below them. They haven't won. They haven't beat these guys.
2: It'll be interesting. I it I hope one of these teams in the Spurs, it's a little bit cheating. Like they should be up there. It's much more Grizzlies, Clippers, Kings. I want one in of that those case, teams. If to I make can't it. pick
0: the Spurs, I'm going with the Grizzlies. Because I have faith in the grindhouse mentality. Do you
2: know what's so interesting? We have the Grizzlies who are basically the exact same team they were last year. Although they were a bottom five team, and they're healthy, they're healthy now. Jaron Jackson Jr. helps their big old guys,
1: Kyle Anderson, and so playing the league. Shout out to him.
2: My point is like they are basically what they were, just healthy, and they're good. Like they're seasoned, they're veteran, and then you have the Kings who are babies out there, but looking like they're starting to figure it out. And then you have the Clippers. Who are a bunch of players between babies and old guys, and you can't name their roster. It'll be interesting to see which of the three pans out. Do you, do you want me to read the, the Grizzlies roster? I'm I can list
1: so them. Frustrated. I can, I can probably I'm name so you eight. I'm so frustrated that you just say the Grizzlies are a good team after trying to flame up the Clippers roster. They have Kyle pe- Anderson, listen, Dylan have- Brooks, Caspi, Conley, Gasol. Conley, those two might be watching. Conley is shout a out, baller. Gasol out, is a baller. Shout out Jaron Jackson. He's playing great. Shelvin Mack. Shout out to Shelvin Mack Has been playing quite, quite well Thank you You want know the great Chandler Parsons Maybe there's a He a is of the currently worst. On a
2: plane With Kylie Jenner Probably He doesn't play <laughs> what the anymore the worst Getting paid Like 70 million, million though
1: That boy Wayne Seldon Garrett Temple Shout out to them All I'm saying is Don't flame up The Clippers roster If you're gonna turn around And say the Grizzlies Are Here's a good basketball team I
0: think Gasol And I think uh, Conley Conley Could probably start On at least 20 other teams Immediately, I think you take the two best, my opinion, two best players on the Clippers, P-Bev, Lou Will. On any other team, they're probably both six men. That's the difference. I mean, Lou Will, Will is per- a six he's man. He's pretty good at That's that. That's his thing.
2: He wins trophies for that. Right, right but what right I'm saying right. is
0: the Grizzlies have two obviously well-received starters. They, the Clippers are literally playing as a team of six men. Your number one is 6, and then you've got 7, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. I will say,
2: if you you were to poll 100 people who said they were NBA fans and ask them, what team does Tobias Harris play for? Brooklyn, right? Not going to be a good number. It's just what it is. I'm not saying he's bad. I think he's talented, and he's playing well. The Clippers are just a weird, unattractive team that just so happened to be in L.A. That's fair.
1: So here's a serious take about the Grizzlies. If it ever goes south, which is to say, if we're getting towards the turn of the year and they are in 10th place or below in the Western conference, they're going to trade Marcus all.
2: Yeah. They've got to blow it up. They, they looked like they were going to do it last year. They should have done it last year. They, I mean, guys like Kant, like the injuries prevented them from having valuable trade pieces. So it'll be interesting kind of seeing where they go. Uh, But wrapping up, we're going to close like we always do with our three stars of the week. And I'm going to kick it off because I don't think I've done that before. So third star of the week for me, Eric Bledsoe, Mister, I don't want to be here, Mister Hair Salon, Mister Whatever. Really impressive game against the Warriors in a very big win for the Bucks. 26 points on 10 of 12 shooting. Super efficient basketball uh, for a player like him. A lot around the rim, being the short little bowling ball of a point guard he is. Uh, props to him for that. Great win for the Bucks, as we talked about. Um, in my normal, let's bring up the Suns so I can feel bad about it. Second star is a split between the battle between Kyrie Irving and Devin Booker on Thursday night. The Suns had what I would say potentially the worst loss in the last few years. Like I've seen them lose many a buzzer beater, uh, but this one hurt the worst, and it's because you had a player like Devin Booker dropping 38 and trying to take over in the fourth and overtime and still not be able to get it done because his team is
1: doo-doo. Have you ever seen a dog be put to sleep, which is like a slow death right before your eyes? Thank you. That
2: felt like the last four minutes of the fourth quarter in overtime. That's like looking at my bank account for the last five years as I pay for League Pass. (laughs) That is too realistic. Uh, But Kyrie Irving... Uh, Best in by one dropping 39 props to Ryan Ryan really had the hard sell on the fact that Kyrie Irving really needs to take over and be the guy the Celtics think look he to heard me. I th- it was that or the haircut but man he he's not wasting time passing the ball. He was going down and iso at the end of that game regularly and put on a clinic. But then the best play that he made all game was Dishing a pass to Morris. Ugh. Beautifully
1: designed ATO. Brad Stevens, that's his specialty. Great play, great execution, great job, and, uh, Morris.
2: Props to the Suns uh, for when your coach says, hey, foul them, and you just choose not to. So, hey, good for you, Suns. Oof. Yep, losing in new ways every week. And finally, let me try to get – actually, I can't. I was gonna say let's try to get happy until my first star, but then I remembered who I put down. First star of the week is Luka Doncic. Woohoo, good for you. Dropping twenty three and seven uh the other night. Good for you. I'm really glad that you were technically the number five overall, but are averaging twenty point seven rebounds and four assists. Thrilled that we went with Aiden. Hope it works out. Can I but, can
0: I get some clarification from you kind of more stats oriented guys? Is is that a good idea? Yeah, amazing. Okay, just just make it <laughs> It makes sure. me
2: so angry. And I want you to know, I know no one cares enough to do this, but if you go look through my Twitter history for the month leading up to the draft, all it was was please draft Luca, I want Luca, Luca's the second coming of Steve Nash. Weird grainy videos from Europe of him doing awesome stuff. I wanted it so bad and the fact that he's in Dallas doing it just how I thought he would. Like, I know that the Hawks are probably the ones that feel bad about it, but Trey Young's at least looking like he's got some promise, and I get Aiton's looked good, but when you're the Suns and your one massive flaw is no one to bring the ball down the court and facilitate, man, it stinks. Luke is that old guy that shows up to wreck, shows up to the parker, shows up to got the lie.
1: belly, like belly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pulls does his he, shorts does really he pull his shorts up. His shirt does stuck in. Does he play in. on the Clippers? His shirt stuck in. But he gets the job done. You always want him on your team. He's that he is, is not that? exactly uh, he's not exactly <laughs> fleet of hope, but getting it done.
2: Goodness, all right. Those are my three stars. Someone talk about something else while I wallow. Speaking up. of stats,
1: let me give a shout out to my third star, Serge Ibaka against the Lakers: thirty-four points, ten rebounds on an insane. 15 of 17 from the field in 29 minutes. Started
0: 14 of 14, didn't
1: he? He was a plus 32 in 29 minutes. Followed it up. So that was a win, 121-107 against, again, the Lakers. Then against the Jazz in a win, a 124-111. to 111. This doesn't sound as great, but 17 points, five rebounds in just 14 minutes on 8 of 8 from... The field, there have been some great stats about how he is operating closer to the basket this year and selecting when he's stepping away for his mid-range and his three-point shot. But shout out to you, Serge, filling up the stat sheets and helping your team go on a tear. Second star of the week, a dude who I'm always down on, so I want to give credit where credit's due, CJ McCollum. I've just been down on CJ and Dame because I feel like they just aren't quite there to be an elite duo, but this week, 16 points against Timberwolves, a 40-piece against Milwaukee, made that man DiVincenzo, his son, son put him on skates, drained it, put the team on his back dough for the win, and then he had another smooth 23 against the Clips. CJ's efficiency hasn't quite been there this season, but had a really good week. We've already covered my one star of the night. I am impressed with Milwaukee I foresee in the next month to two months the storylines are all going to be about Toronto and Boston if I were a betting man right now I would take whatever the bet is for Milwaukee getting out of the Eastern Conference
2: here's this is my fun little fact one of my favorite things with the Lillard McCollum duo is the fact that they played basketball at Lehigh and at Weber State Weber? Like, she's, I don't know Weber what it State. is. But, I mean, how cool is that? Like, a powerful front court in the NBA coming from two tiny schools, made a lot of noise, you know, in the college place, and they both had great careers.
0: So I just always, I like that for Shout them. Shout out to the mid-majors out there. Yeah, absolutely. We love you.
2: I do. Um,
0: I'm going to call a bit of a audible on my third start of the night. Originally, it was going to be Anthony Davis. Um, but I forgot about this statistical anomaly that took place earlier in this week. Uh, in the Chicago Bulls uh, New Orleans Pelicans game, in which uh, Justin Holiday and Drew Holiday, the brothers Holiday as they are called, faced off of, with each other.
2: Like call them the holidays, like Christmas and Thanksgiving. And
0: finished with the exact same shots made, the exact same shots taken, and the exact amount of points as each other. Same points. Going six of 16 on 17 points. So shout out to the Holiday Brothers with the statistical anomaly. We will probably never see that again. That's
1: pretty cool. Most exciting thing to happen for the Bulls all season long.
0: Da Bulls. Okay, my second star for the evening. Uh, I feel like he's been one of my stars at least every week. He has. But he keeps dropping massive games. Shout out to Joel Embiid going 42 and 18 tonight. Hoss. Oof. In overtime, 42 and 18 over a good Hornets team. Granted, they don't have a whole lot of size down, though, so he was kind of able to have free range. You don't, you don't think Cody Zeller, where you at, bro? Frank the tank, Kaminsky's
2: down there grinding his badger days.
1: I'm just saying. Frank the tank with the
0: zeros across the stand yeah, line. Yeah,
2: boy. Great first round.
0: Uh last but not least is what is one of the most impressive stat lines I've seen since Andre Drummond did something like this a season or two ago. Hassan Whiteside, who has made literally no noise all season, drops 29 points, 20 rebounds, 9 blocks. That is an insane stat line. And uh, props to you, big fella, for putting uh, putting on a won night. They that game. They did, and he had almost a third of his team's points that night. So props, props to Whiteside, who has done nothing all season. Deciding, hey, I should probably play some basketball, <laughs> and putting down a killer stat line. So those are my three stars. I guess technically four, since I gave both the Holiday Brothers a star. It makes sense. Um, but they they get a half star. It's like one and a half. I one did and the half same with Kyrie you know, and Book, so. just so I could talk about Book. I get it. I get so it. So that's that's where I fall this week. But the interesting, it was a little harder for me this week. I thought there were several really impressive stat lines throughout the week. Uh, it was like a good basketball week, all things considered. All right, and before we come to a close, Philip is going to hit us with his quick
2: takes looking at this next week in the NBA.
1: On Sunday, if you were listening same day, this is coming to your device, Milwaukee at Denver. If you're listening on Sunday, turn on your TV right now, find Milwaukee at Denver. Monday, Tuesday, not a ton going on. Tuesday, we got Houston at Denver. Let's see if Houston can do anything. With the way the Rockets have been going, they might score like 65 points that game because of how good – Denver's defense has been. I have a troll pick for Wednesday. <laughs> Wednesday, if you're a real basketball fan, try to sit down and watch the Cleveland Cavaliers take on the Washington Wizards. Here's the
0: thing: in the battle of mediocrity, it might end up being a really good basketball That's, game. Okay, this is they're the most both trash. This
1: is the most generous thing that Ryan has said on this podcast. He just referred to the Cavaliers and Wizards oh, as
0: mediocre. mediocre. Bad. This it is, is th- like
1: who's the best of the worst. So hey, I mean, shout out to you for being so generous.
0: Both of them could beat like Lehigh, you know. So they're all right. Quick,
1: let me interject something to any any of you who might be listening who are entertaining the idiotic idea that the Duke Blue Devils could beat or contend with any NBA team. Get out of here and stop watching Basketball. Amen, brother. Stop watching basketball. Thursday, Golden State at Houston, Friday, Friday. Toronto Friday. Toronto at Boston. Utah at Philly. Saturday, Utah at Boston. So come back for a rematch of the games we have. Tonight. So, not a ton of marquee matchups on tap for this week, but a couple. And again, highlight of the week will be Wednesday. Again, that is the Cleveland Cavaliers at the Washington Wizards. Tune in if you're a real one.
0: Just to follow up on a point I made earlier in the pod, the uh, Jazz did end up holding off the Celtics tonight. So those could end up being some really good matchups good. as as the Celtics face off against the Jazz. Both teams playing well. Um, but to me, Utah and Philly is probably going to be my pick of the good teams. But I am really excited for the Cavs-Wizards because it's going to be stanky. Well, as we <laughs> come to a less
2: stanky close to this podcast, we just want to thank those that are listening. And we got a request for you. If you like what we're doing and you like listening to us and you've got friends or family that like the NBA, let them know about us. Share it with other people, even if that's just retweeting the announcement when it goes live on Sunday. Uh, help us out and do your part and share it with us. We want to thank those, again, that have been listening so faithfully. Thank out to uh, Props to Mr. Russell for uh, answering our trivia question from last week on who the last team was to have single-digit wins.
1: Thanks for the support,
2: Dad. Yeah, I was going to say, it feels like we're cheating, but thanks to Phillip's dad. Uh, But again, keep listening. Keep letting us know that you like it.
0: retweets his dad all the time. I think we're good. I think we're on equal pegging.
2: Feel free to listen to us, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, 9450sports.com, a great way to kind of get it uh, exactly how we've got it set up there. Go listen straight from the website. And again, if you like it, share it. We like watching the NBA so you don't always have to. We like doing what we're doing, and hopefully you do too. 9450, an NBA
1: podcast. We out.